It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome in to another episode of On The Clock. I am your host, Brett Whitefield, and today we have another special guest. His name is Josh Liskowitz from PFF. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Josh. He's a good friend of mine. Josh, how are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you today, Brett? I'm doing good. You know what's interesting, Josh? I always introduce my guests and I say, hey, I have a very special guest today. Somebody actually took the time to DM me the other day and say, why do you call all of your guests special? <laughs> and I'm just like, why? I wanted to respond with, why are you a curmudgeon? Why, why do you care? All of my guests are special because I am a relationship man. I develop relationships. You and I are good friends. We talk about all the freaking time. It's kind of a, a shame this is the first time we're getting you on the pod. We should have had you on Take Talk a while ago, but... Um, anyways, you are special to me, Josh. I just want you to know that. Oh, I appreciate that. Did he take the time <laughs> to tell you which ones were not special? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Thank God. Maybe he will <laughs> after this episode though. Yeah, oh, that doesn't <laughs> bode well for me, but okay. <laughs> so Josh, we're just coming off of the, the combine here. I mean, before we get into the usual format of the show, any, any combine thoughts you have for me? Uh, in general, not that this is a huge surprise considering how outrageous last year was, but from a true depth athletic sense, I, I thought it was far less impressive than last year from a numbers-wise, especially look at the skill position players. Uh, I, I, this running back class as a whole, is as pure football players, is better, but it wasn't anywhere near as fast as last year's. Yeah, Wide receivers, true. obviously – not even close, even though it's a tiny, tiny class. You would have expected more speed. We didn't really get it. And cornerback uh, uh, class, too, I didn't think was near as explosive and special as, as uh, we've come to kind of expect in recent combines. Yeah, it's weird. Like, we've been told for a while now, and in as a guy who's literally dove into hundreds of these players so far, um, you know, the receiver class is deep, the running back class is deep, the cornerback class is deep, yet a lot of these guys didn't really put those athletic benchmarks that you're looking for out there to be considered, you know, high ceiling prospects. Some of them for sure did. And we'll get into one of those corners later and receiver actually, but man, it's, it is interesting to see. I know, like, I think last year there were like 12 running backs that ran sub four, four or something crazy like that. There was what, like mm-hmm. three yesterday. Yep. <laughs> um, in which the 40 time isn't everything for running back, but the point, you know, your point remains true though. The athleticism of these guys, it's, it makes you wonder did they change methods or did some like did something happen because we've been trending up where each class gets more and more athletic it seems like and then this is kind of the first time in a while I feel like we've taken that step back but well to to your point on speed and speed not mattering I agree with that Isaiah Pacheco ran sub four four last year four three two yeah so, so but there there weren't any of those random guys this year for yeah. the most part so. No, the ones we'll that did run fast were expected to run fast. Mm-hmm. And but even then, they didn't run as fast as we expected. You know, right? Devin O'Kane was not sub four zero. You yeah, know, we were yeah. expecting him to go three nine, and he went four three something. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So the usual format on the show, as the listeners know, I, I, we discuss a guy that you're higher on than most. 
we discuss a guy you're lower on than most, and then we have you pound the table for a team player fit. Let's start with the guy that you're higher on than most. This is Ohio State offensive tackle Dewan Jones. Now, this must be hard for you, Josh, being a being a U of M alum here. You're gonna you're gonna you know tout an Ohio State player. I, I can't imagine what's going through your head right now, but hit hit me with it, man. Well, first off, right off the bat, uh, I mean it's <laughs> it's been how many years? They haven't they haven't beaten us this decade, so <laughs> not as hard as you might think. Um, Data back to Parcells, this guy is just planet theory. He's 6'8". Uh, apparently, he lost wingspan, which is unfortunate because he measured, what, 89 at Senior Bowl, and he was 87-something yesterday. So hopefully he doesn't continue that, that trend, and by, uh, by, the new, by the beginning of the season, he's in the 70-something. That would be bad. But uh, he's just so impossibly tough to get around. And then you look at how he did in terms of his pass blocking, zero sacks allowed, zero hits allowed, just nine hurries. I mean, that's outstanding. You can't, you can't ask for much more than that. But when you're that big and you move as he does, he's not a super elite athlete, obviously. You're not expecting that at 6'8", 380 pounds. But it just makes it so difficult for anyone to get around. Uh, I, I think he's just a plug-and-play starter. If I'm a team like Tennessee – that has a lot of needs, and everyone's earmarked them for tackle, and maybe they'll sit there at 11 and take Dewan's teammate, Paris Johnson. That's fine. He's a good player. They need a lot of things, and they need it over a lot of years. I'm trading down as far as I can, trying to accumulate future picks, and I'm trying to grab a guy like Dewan Jones instead in, in the later first. That's, that's the kind of approach I'm taking if I'm someone like that. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And Tennessee needs both tackle spots filled. So, I mean, this is a guy who obviously started two years at right tackle. You know what, though? Paris Johnson might not even make it to them anyway. So that might not even That's be. That's very true. You know, That's that very might be looking at Las Vegas, Carolina, Atlanta. All those teams are in the mix. If Chicago pulls off a trade back, they could be in the mix for a tackle. So I, Honestly, what if Chicago can't pull off a trade back? Sure. They could go with, you know, Skaronsky or uh, the hometown kid Skaronsky or Paris Johnson, mm-hmm. which, you know, then Tennessee's going to be picking from Dewan Jones or Broderick Jones. I agree. I really like that fit, actually. The thing that impresses me about uh, Dewan is for the size, the movement skills actually are pretty exceptional. Yeah. Just, it's kind of mesmerizing in a way because it's scary with his length. Uh, when, when he times that punch well in pass protection, man, Woo, I don't see anybody getting around him. <laughs> it's just so easy, too, right? It looks yeah. like he's not even trying because he's just so naturally stronger than everybody. But, yeah, I think uh, the natural comp is going to be like a Phil Lodeholt out of okay. Oklahoma, obviously yeah. like a decade ago. But I, just, I, think he's, I think he moves much better. Mm-hmm. And Phil Lodeholt had a nice career when, when he was healthy. So, I, I, again, I think this, is, this kid is just a plug-and-play starting right tackle. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some other I've seen Trent Brown as a comp for him, and Trent Brown's had a pretty successful career. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think recently teams have been skittish on guys like this with the size. It's almost like too big, is is you hear that a lot. But with the recent success of um, Trent Brown plus Orlando Brown, I yeah. mean, there, there's some good good evidence that this works. And I think uh, Dewan has more movement skills than than uh, Orlando Brown did. Orlando Brown was just big and, and strong, didn't really have the elite-level movement skills 
that I think Dewan does for his size. So I, I think yep. this is a, a very good player. I think this tackle class in general, Josh, is a little sneaky. Um, mm-hmm. I know it wasn't what last year's was with potentially three was was it three tackles in the first six picks that went or whatever? Mm, yes, yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily that good, but I think all of these guys are pretty solid with limited deficiencies. Um, whether that's Skaronsky, I mean, I know I'm probably a little higher on Paris than you are, uh, but Dewan and then Broderick Jones, like there are four really good tackles at the top of this draft that can definitely help some teams. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, all right, let's let's get into the guy you're lower on. I really want to hear this too because I think you know we're both Lions fans um, in in some ways, and I think this is a guy that a lot of Lions fans would like to see in Detroit. But before we get to that, I got to talk to you about our sponsor, which is Underdog Fantasy Football. The 2022 NFL season is over, but the fantasy football season never stops at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft an Underdog's The Big Board Tournament with $1 million in total prizes and 200 k given to first place. If you think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the season scene in 2023, now is your chance to draft them at a value. Or maybe not, because the combine just ruined that for everyone. Um, all you have to do is join the big board draft and draft your fantasy team, and that's it. In best ball, as you know, there are no waivers, there's no trades, and you get the best scores of your starting lineup each week of the season. Whoever has the highest scores at the end of the season wins. Simple as that. Just head to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store, sign up with the promo code Fantasy Points, and that is Fantasy PTS, and you will get your first deposit doubled up to $100. If you sign up using our code FantasyPTSUnderdog, you'll also get a Fantasy Point standard subscription for just five bucks. That is Underdog Fantasy, promo code FantasyPTS. And remember, new Underdog users who sign up with our code Fantasy Points will get a Fantasy Point subscription for just five bucks. All right, bills are paid. Let's move on. So you are lower on Oregon corner Christian Gonzalez than most I've had another guy on here who is higher on him than most so I'm I'm interested which I don't know how that's possible he's you know most people have him as a top 10 guy but um hit me with it what do you what do you see with Christian Gonzalez that causes you a little pause yeah it's the man coverage stuff the in particular press that stuff really really concerns me uh he's one of those guys that clearly he has the athleticism it shows up on film it showed up this past weekend at the combine uh, but when he's in position, he's not necessarily getting the job done. Way too many completions, in my opinion, uh, completed into his coverage in general. But certainly when he's in, he's in man. Uh, you look at his stats throughout the season. 66 targets against, 40 receptions allowed. Like none of those other top guys are giving up 50% into their coverage. Uh, just nine forced incompletions, that's a lot less than a guy like uh, Witherspoon out of Illinois. And uh, 504 yards allowed into his coverage, too. So he's given up some big plays as well. And, I, you know, that's something to me that just does not translate well in the NFL. We see time and time again these, these guys come out to have just loads of athleticism, mid-four threes, great agility, and when the ball's in the air, they're just not able to go get it. And speaking particular to Detroit, I, I think the most natural comp to him is possibly Jeffrey Akuda. And I don't think you necessarily want to double up on that guy. I don't think that guy's <laughs> lived up to number three overall. Those are great points. Uh, when I watch 
Gonzalez, the first thing that sticks out to me is for one, he he didn't get a he's not a well seasoned corner in man. Oregon plays a lot of quarters; they play a lot of cover three. Um, I think he fits better on a zone team, Josh. And and mm-hmm. we know the Lions and and other teams, you know, that are running those blitz heavy packages, they're going to leave their corners on an island a lot. And I just don't see him holding up. The lack of ball production is actually scary to me. When you look at all the other corners at the top of this draft. They have good, like legitimately good ball production, and he just does not for whatever reason. He had half the forcing completions as as Witherspoon and Porter and Deontay Banks and those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it just that is concerning the the production he allowed that you mentioned too. I didn't know that stat, but that's actually concerning because at the college level, there's literally no reason to target the alpha corner when you can just target the other guy. So why is he being targeted so much? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, it's, I don't know that yeah. that is a kind of, that is a concern to me. I, I didn't realize he, he had given up that much production. Well, and, and for anyone listening that wants to say, Oh, he played in the pack 12. They pass a lot. You know, they've, you know, you've got USC and all that 103 yards allowed against Colorado. Ooh, that's, that's not great. I can't even tell you their quarterback off the top of my head, Josh. I, have, I, don't, I don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's interesting. I mean, I, I get why people are in on Gonzalez. The physical traits are there. It's, you know, man, it's it's tough because he, he does have the length and the speed and the recovery speed that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, there's more polished. I feel like there's more polished players in this draft. So why is he like seemingly the consensus CB one when there's other guys that are you know more productive on the ball they've allowed less damage to their team in coverage um, and they are almost equally as gifted it's not like Witherspoon's a bad athlete it's not like Porter's a bad athlete mm-hmm. uh, Banks tested as an elite athlete which we kind of figured would happen um, shoot even like end of the first round guys you know Emmanuel Forbes I know he's a string bean but uh, I mean these guys are testing as elite athletes as well so. It's like, are you really getting that much of a bump from Gonzalez's athleticism versus the other guys to make it worth the jump in position there? Yeah, considering where he's being talked, I just don't see how you think the value is there. I, I look at a guy like Porter, who obviously tests a little bit slower, but kind of expected it. But with his length, you talk about recovery, that shows up on film, man. You can't throw over him because he's yeah. so long and he'll break it up. So he's getting those forced incompletions, even if he's, you know, playing trail or maybe slightly behind and having to having to catch back up. You're seeing that out of him, not out of Gonzalez. And and if he's, if he, <clears throat> excuse me, if he takes a misstep, I, I I I don't think there's a lot of positive film on him getting back in. I agree. The um the other thing too with Porter Jr. that I really like, I haven't had a chance to talk about it much on this pod yet. But uh, he was, I mean, his dad played in the NFL. This guy was pretty much bred to play in the NFL. I mean, yeah. from the day he was born, his dad's been getting him ready for this for this spot. And we've seen very similar success stories recently with, with these guys coming in that have, you know. Especially in that position. That, yeah, especially yep. that position. There was that one draft where there was like six of them that had dads in, in the NFL that played the same position. So, yep. uh, very – very interesting stuff there on Gonzalez. Um, all right, you have a player team fit you want to pound the table for. This one was exciting to me. I don't think one of these. You actually have two players you want to you want to pound the table for to this team. I don't think one of these guys is going to make it, but 
that doesn't mean that the team in question can't go get them. And that mm-hmm. is the Buffalo Bills going after either Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba or Purdue wide receiver Charlie Jones. Uh, everyone listened and heard you say Buffalo and immediately thought, oh, he's going to say Bijan. Big surprise. Yeah. No. I, first off, those those elite teams, Kansas City, Buffalo, obviously we're talking about. Cincinnati already has all the arms. It's a constant arms race. Get your quarterback the weapons he needs. And I think Buffalo really fell off down the stretch because they had digs, and that was kind of it. They, they don't have that consistent second target. They don't have that consistent chains mover. And, boy, I, I don't think you're going to find a better one than Jackson Smith and Jigba. Just a fantastic route runner. Is he a super elite athlete? No, but I don't think he needs to be. I, I think you need that that separator. That's, you know, everyone talks about that. That's what today's NFL is. And uh, not every throw you want Josh Allen making into contested areas. That doesn't always end well. So let's give him the blankie, so to speak, and Jackson <laughs> yeah. Smith and Jigba. Or, assuming he doesn't make it because off of his big combine, which I think is probably going to be the case, I love Charlie Jones out of Purdue, man. He's uh, maybe maybe it's a little personal bias because I saw him go absolutely wild on a fantastic secondary against Michigan in the big in the Big Ten championship game. But uh, when you see the, the way he runs routes, the way he catches every single ball, can take hits in traffic, can run to daylight. He's, he's done really, really well on, on deep throws, uh, contrary to popular belief. And then you see the speed he, he has, which I think probably is a little bit shocking. I don't know what his official was, but running in a low 4-4s for a guy that does all he does. If I'm Buffalo, I just take him in the second round. I don't I don't worry about whatever projected value is. I think second round's fine because I think he's going to perform for them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so going back to Jackson Smith and Jigba, he, I mean, he is the missing piece in that offense. Um, obviously, if they can somehow get him picking, where, what do they pick, 29th, Josh, is it? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, if, if they can get him at 29, that's that's insane value. I mean, they're even probably – if they like him, I would assume they're a candidate to go get him as well because I don't know how mm-hmm. – I don't think they'd have to get too far. Mm-mm. But, um, yeah, he Jackson Smith and Jigba offers them basically everything they didn't have last year. I mean, Diggs kind of was that guy for a while, but as he's getting older, I think he needs a volume reduction because he does get in these real cold moments where you know, either he's getting bracketed or – you can just see he's he's getting tired. Um, and then Gabe Davis just hasn't developed into a more sophisticated receiver yet. He's he's still pretty much a deep threat only kind of guy at this point. Yep. Isaiah McKenzie's a gadget player. Uh, uh, Khalil Shakir is is more of a vertical slot weapon. I wouldn't say he's he handles the short and intermediate stuff like JSN does. Mm-hmm. JSN is basically an automatic... I mean, he, he's open all the time, especially if you're going to have to play zone and too high against Josh because of the arm. I mean, you're just giving JSN a bunch of free windows to work into, free releases off the line of scrimmage, which is where he's going to thrive. And um, then he gives you some run-after-catch ability. So I, I, I love that call. Charlie Jones is definitely one of the most underrated receivers in this class. And you mentioned, like, don't worry about perceived value and just take him in the second round. 
I couldn't agree more. Receiver, as we know, is a highly valuable position. In my scoring model that I scored my prospects with, receivers get a positional value bump. Um, Jones is is one of them. I have a, a firm day two grade on him as well. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I think he gives them that vertical element from the slot that Shakir does if they want to use him that way, but he's also a phenomenal route runner. Um, you know, he's he's got exceptional ball skills as well, which you know, can help with Josh because he does go through those stretches where he's, you know, lacking on the accuracy a little bit. Um, and then he get, he has the run after catch upside. Um, we saw that in the Big Ten. I mean, Jones had what? It was a record-setting season in the Big Ten this year, wasn't it? 110 receptions? Yeah, it's not like Purdue had a ton of other weapons despite being this high-powered yeah. passing option or offense. It was him. Yeah, and, and I think back to two years ago, um, you you specifically were extremely high on Amon Ross St. Brown. Yep. who ended up going in the top of the fourth, but had a high second-round grade on. And we kind of talked about that then with, with him. Like, these kind of receivers, pretty hit, pretty high hit rate when, when you can see the skill set. Like, yes. does anyone now think Amon Ross St. Brown's not worth a second? Nope. Yeah. And if you redraft that class, he goes in the first every time. Of course he does. Yeah. Of course he does. And apparently Charlie Jones is faster, so... Yeah, Sounds little, good to me. Sign me up. A little more vertical juice there. Yep. I definitely like it. Um, he is so the one concern with him is he's a little bit of an older prospect. I believe he's a sixth year senior. Mm-hmm. Um, not really a deal breaker for me at all. I loved Christian Especially Watson last Buffalo. year, who was the same. Yeah, yeah, right. Buffalo's Especially in a win now window. You're in so. a win now window. Yep, yep. It's not like Houston's taking him, right? Right, and if you look at like the way Buffalo's landscape is playing out right now, whether this is JSN or Charlie Jones we're talking about, they're in a bit of a cap situation. They have a lot of resources unnecessarily invested into the middle of the defense and positions that don't matter so much, safety and linebacker specifically. They're going to have to make some hard decisions about personnel. I Are they going to be able to even re-sign Gabe Davis? So, I mean, like they have to add weapons here regardless if mm-hmm. – you know, it's just for this year or for years beyond because I, I don't see them paying Gabe Davis. I don't even think they can. I don't think there's a math equation that allows them to – I'm sure they can. They could maybe subtract from the rest of the roster and, and free up some cap space for them, but is that really what they want to do for for kind of a one-trick pony at this point? Um, I, I think they should really – so, Josh, I've talked about this at nauseum on this podcast and my other one, but the way the Bills maximize Josh's deficiencies and, and, and turn those into um, – strengths was was exceptional and they did that by adding separators guys who you know cole beasley in his prime john Mm -hmm. brown stefan diggs they need to get back to that they need to get back to giving him these guys that can separate and make those throws easy for him i think the more they do that the less you'll see these these cold streaks from him where he's just kind of all over the place well they tried to add cole beasley in the middle of the season (laughs) with, with his definitely not prime cole beasley anymore so that tells you how how desperate they are for that kind of True. production. And this other point I want to make too, you, you make a good point about uh, the roster construction now and how they have issues under the cap. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to let some guys go and figure out where to play others. Well, so some of that, especially when you're in a window window, like they are, is finding ways to get production early out of your draft class, out of your young players. And I think you're going to get that from wide receivers is specifically that type of wide receiver. Uh, you can find your guards, which they need there. You're going to get yep. some production out of them. Um, running backs, which I, 
I'm not as gung ho on them going to get a running back, but fine, go ahead and do it. I know obviously Singletary is one of their free agents. They're probably going to let walk. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of way you got to develop now is, Hey, we can't be just spending money on these positions. We know we can get rookie production out of. Yeah. That, that's actually a fantastic point. Um, since this is a draft podcast too, that makes perfect sense to talk about because I mean, especially with the, the quarterback market right now and Allen's in his second deal, I mean, what is he? He's making what seventeen and a half percent of the team's cap this year, mm-hmm. and I think it goes up to over twenty percent in the following years. They absolutely need <laughs> rookies and young players that can contribute on that rookie deal to make this thing work. The Chiefs have been pretty successful doing that. The Bills have to replicate what the Chiefs are doing. Um, and receiver, there's not a position that where players are coming into the league more ready to rock than wide receiver right now. The, the college game is just spitting these guys out. That's why every year you're seeing five, six, seven receivers go in the first round, then there'll be another 10 on day two taken. These guys are ready to roll. I mean, it, it's pretty rare where you have a highly touted receiver struggle as a rookie. He usually hits the ground running, and usually when he does, it's because of injury, like in the case of Jamison Williams or even Christian Watson, who really took like about eight games to get going. It was because of that hamstring. Um, for the most part, though, these guys are coming in, and they are ready to perform. So that's a great point. I think – the Bills should really be targeting those positions. You know, guard was another good good example of one you mentioned, but guard, corner, and receiver seems to be the the easy ways to get better in the draft these days. Yeah, well, and specifically too, when you're talking to wide receiver, what what banner has Ohio State been able to hang the last couple of years? They're a wide receiver. You, they hung that yeah. banner. Way to go, good job, Buckeyes. <laughs> go get a wide receiver from Ohio State. Yes. They are knocking on the door of Alabama right now saying, we want this title. We don't care about natties. We just want That's wide receiver you. Yeah. Hey, they got five more five stars lined up. Look out. Yep. yep. They'll have two more in the draft next year, Josh. Uh, they'll have probably the guy next year. The guy and then another guy yeah. who will contend for, for first-round status as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. He should. So, yep. All right. Well, Josh, I think that's going to do it. I was hoping DJ would drop his post-combine mock so we could talk about it, but he did <laughs> not. Alas, I will let you leave on this note. Thanks for joining us, though. It, it was a pleasure. We got to get you on here more often. We'll probably, I'll probably hit you up like early April to get you back before the draft. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. And for those listening, you can find Josh on Twitter at PFF underscore Josh. Um, he's been, you've been at PFF for what, a decade now? Or darn no, close not to quite. it. not quite. Not, Not quite, quite, but I think uh, this is year eight. Year eight, cool. Year and eight. a little bit about your background too. He's you're a uh, O line, D line reviewer mostly, right? That's that's kind of your specialty. Run run game for sure. Yep. Run game. Cool. Yep. In fact, I'm uh may, maybe doing a little bit of XFL uh, after after we talk. So. Oh, nice. Good times. Well, <laughs> yeah, good times. We'll have fun with that. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. I will be back tomorrow with a very special guest who may or may not also be from PFF. And with that, I am Definitely out. special. <laughs> Definitely special. <laughs> extra, extra special. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.